Hey guys, and welcome back to the Feenstra Zoo. My name is Spencer Feenstra, the host and creator of the zoo. I'm here just to talk to you about things that are on my mind and on my heart. I hope you'll enjoy the show. If you do, please check us out on all social medias at The Feenstra Zoo. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Feenster Zoo. This is another fantastic episode with my lovely wife, Shalane. Babe, say hi. Hello. And I know you read the title, but today we are going to be talking about expectations and, I don't know, largely how to avoid disappointment in a relationship. But we'll see where this one goes. I was worried you were going to say how to avoid expectations. (laughs) Not so much... But I did want to, I found a fantastic quote that I couldn't help but share right at the beginning of this. Setting low expectations is a great way to always feel good about yourself, but never achieve anything. (laughs) As I was looking up stuff for this episode, I, I read it and I know it was in context of just like building your goals and that kind of thing, but it totally fit and... I couldn't help. I had to share it. (laughs) No, I agree. I liked that. I think a really good place for us to start here, and I'm just going to read some stuff and feel free to jump in and interrupt me and all that fun stuff. Realizing what expectations are um, in a relationship sense, it, for, for me, what I've kind of dug around with is expectations are there to help you set a base light or a baseline for any type of treatment. Um, example, it's healthy for us to expect our partners love and respect and support and for our partners to expect the same from us. Does that make sense? I it's think kind, so. It's kind I... of like a baseline of like understanding the rules of engagement. Okay, I get where you're going with that. Would you tweak that at all? What do you think about that? Honestly, it sounds a little muddy. What do you mean? I guess I feel like expectations are your goals for how you want to feel in a situation is kind of how I see them as. Okay, I I think I know where you're coming from there. So I think that we've got, like, the same basis. I think that you're just a little bit more wordy, and that's why I I gave you that look. (laughs) No one can see. (laughs) Maybe we should start doing this video, you know? (laughs) So for for you, it's more like, this is how I want to be treated, or this is how I want to feel in our relationship? 100% both. Okay. And I think that's a, a really good distinction, though, too, at the same time. Like, yes, it is both. But, like, I expect to be treated one way. I expect to have your love, and I expect to have um, your respect and to be treated out of kindness and that kind of thing. But I also, conversely, I expect to feel it, speaking from, like, a therapeutic point, like, I feel felt. Like, my felt experience Mm -hmm. is there. Yep. Okay. Again, wordy, but... And I think that that's, like I said, I think that that's why I kind of, like, hesitated when you looked at me when you said that. Is it just, like, 
took a while to digest what you were saying, just the words you were using. To continue on setting the, the foundations for what I feel expectations in a relationship are, uh, another description I found here was expectations can shape the dynamics, set the tone for the relationship, and culti- cultivate an atmosphere of support and safety. However, it's important to distinguish between reasonable and unreasonable expectations to avoid emotional distress from unmet needs or impossible standards. that was not as muddy 100% yes to all of that yeah that one again off a a a therapist's website that you know I can leave the link in the description but I found that yeah a lot better a lot more clear concise thought process on that Mm -hmm. and I like how it says like expectations mold yeah I mean people change (laughs) expectations have to change with you Mm -hmm. like my expectations when we were newlywed 20 somethings is not the same as i expect today that's because reality has set in (laughs) (laughs) largely yes we've learned how to adult and thus we're different (laughs) but i like like the fact that you know if you walk into a situation with expectations already set together, it's going to mold that experience. Yeah, I, I mean, it's as simple as, you know, going to, say, Christmas dinner with the family. Mm-hmm. Right? We're going to go meet my, my mom and brother and whatever. Pulling up to, or going to said event even, just be like, hey, what do you need out of this evening? Do we need a safe word to escape? Like, do we need... <laughs> Yeah, right? Like, it just, it molds that expectation, or it molds that experience for both of you, so that it doesn't have unmet expectations, right? Like, it molds it to, not necessarily, like, what you need, but it molds it to a more positive experience. Yeah, I mean, another great example here we're planning out our summer trip. Mm-hmm. It's we need to set the the want for this trip. You know, you hit what do we have to do? What do we want to do? Is this all realistic? And we just kind of like run it down and go through that scope of like we've got seven days. How many things can we realistically do? Like exactly. Yep. Right. Now to to get into the real heart, the meat and potatoes of said uh, episode here. A big need with these expectations is making sure they're communicated. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know no. it's crazy. You have to talk to your partner <laughs> in a relationship. It's it's insane. Uh, what I've kind of just got prepped here. It says, even for couples who have been together for years, it's unrealistic to assume that your partner will know all of your wants and needs. Period. straightforward. Mic drop. Period. End of episode. We're good. We can just tune out here. (laughs) Uh, And uh, like we just said before, like as you change, your expectations will change. Mm -hmm. And you need to talk to, I I need to talk to my wife about it. (laughs) 
Or you're going to, what's going to happen is you're going to finally figure out and adapt what she normally says and assume that that's what she wants at the next time you guys do something or the next time you go out or whatever. But this is going to be a different situation. And that day she feels completely differently and everything you did is wrong. Reach, babe. Reach. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a hundred percent true. Like it, if I don't tell you that I want a steak for dinner, you won't know that I want a steak for dinner. And you're going to be sorely upset when it's Meatless Monday or something <laughs> ridiculous. Exactly. No, you get cauliflower bites. <laughs> Congratulations. No, it's... It almost feels silly to say, but you need to talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. You need to talk to your spouse and be like, hey, I want this. And you need to talk about it in a relatively short period of time from that. You can't tell me you want a steak for dinner a month from now. I can't tell you what I want to do a month from now. (laughs) (laughs) Right, but that's what I'm saying is like, you can't have, so like even our summer plans... We're talking and saying those expectations even now. We need to check in before, you know, a a few times before this trip happens. Because you can't just say, you know, okay, we talked about our expectations three months beforehand and expect them to be exactly the same as what you guys communicated or what we talked about before. Absolutely. So I do have ten things or 10 reasonable expectations in a marriage and 10 unreasonable expectations in a marriage. So it's like the game where you tell me something and I have to choose (laughs) whether or not it's reasonable or unreasonable. That would have been way more fun, but I'm not that prepared. I just thought I would would run down these lists one at a time and we could just have two cents on each of them and see if we can apply like bits from our marriage to these expectation points so we can have a practical example of each. Oh, that's way easier. Okay. (laughs) Less fun, (laughs) but way easier. Okay, so 10 reasonable expectations for a marriage. Okay, these are just things that I've jotted down so we can, like, start your own conversation in your relationship if you haven't already had this talk. Okay, so first one here is to have a mutual trust. Okay, it's a baseline for a relationship and i think that so when you first said that this is like the rundown of went through my brain in the 10 seconds of you saying it is yep of course but then you stop and you think about it and you go but that's a really big one yeah because if i can't trust you to tell me the truth of what you need or of what you expect that's a whole different page of the story. Right? And that's why I put this as number one for a reason. Because, like you said, if we don't have a mutual trust, okay, if you can't take me at my word, you're not going to believe that I want steak for dinner tonight or that, you know, I feel that we're disconnected. Like, it could be something real simple or something completely life-altering. But if we don't have that baseline, yeah, I mean, you got nothing to work off of. Yep, 100%. Next one here is to have an equal commitment to this relationship and each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Again, seems really surface level, 
But if you're 110% committed to this relationship, and I'm 30% committed to this relationship, I mean, there's some fundamental errors here. (laughs) This math isn't mathing real hard. (laughs) But that's another big problem. And yes, like, knowing that some days are going to be hard and I can't give 100%. Yes. Is it? Not the same thing as being committed, but mm-hmm. something to be aware of. I actually don't have it in this list, but I thought it just came to my brain. So, like, some days are going to be hard. I'm not going to be able to, say, come home from a really, really crappy day at work and then give you my 100% again. Yeah. You know, that might be a day where I can only give you 30%, and that night you're going to have to pick up the slack. Yeah. Or vice versa. Oh, we've been there, both Visa and Versa. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but again, just to having that expectation that being committed to each other means that some days you're going to have to pick up the slack, and that's got to be okay. Yeah. Point three here: to have a shared affection and appreciation for each other. Okay. It's another yeah. one of those like, I want to feel felt. Mm-hmm. I want my feelings to be um, validated. Yeah, 100%. Having the expectation of empathy toward each other's experiences and emotions. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, being a rather stereotypical dude, I don't have a full grasp of the woman's range of emotion. He also comes from a family of all boys. Yes, I have three older brothers and very few female cousins, so I I have a very male-oriented point of view with a lot of things. I'm aware of that, but it means I don't fully comprehend the full range of emotion of a stereotypical woman. Yes. That being said, having my empathy towards that and always trying to you know, bridge that gap it's an expectation in this relationship yeah that's a good way to put it point five a want for continued friendship yes <laughs> this is very deep and insightful <laughs> What, you didn't just like my yes on this? (laughs) So, to this point here, I mean, there's a lot of other things that go into having and wanting a friendship. But for me, it's like that continued pursuit of you. I think so. The first thing that pops into my mind when you say that is like, we are constantly, not necessarily recognized, but I feel almost... um, swept aside when it comes to talking about some relationships with other people that we have had relational talks, whether it be like long-term committed people or even just single friends, right? But a lot of it is like, oh yeah, yeah, but you guys have been friends for so long before you were even together. (laughs) Yes. I love that that gets thrown in our face. (laughs) And it's like, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but it comes across... And, like, okay, don't get me wrong, like, 
there have been a lot of easy patches in our in our marriage and in our relationship oh yeah and it is contributed because we have years of history before dating and all that kind of stuff so i like i get where they're coming from however we put a lot of work into our relationship (laughs) and we put a lot of work into being friends in our relationship it's not just a it's not taken for granted yeah right and it's not always like it's not always the, you know, being super intimate and like the lovey-dovey, like relational part that we always have to work on. You literally have to be mindful to be friends and to work on that part of your relationship also. Yeah, and there's there's a line, actually shockingly, from Futurama that always sticks in my brain when we <laughs> talk about this stuff, is if you're doing it right, it's like you're doing nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Like that visual there is like if you're doing it right, people don't think you're doing anything at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we put in a lot of work behind the closed doors of our home towards our friendship. Yeah, like we we play games together, we do puzzles together, we we talk constantly. Yes, we share the lighthearted and the nitty gritty. Like we we put in a lot of work to this, and I think a lot of that becomes intertwined as just like working on your marriage in general. But a lot of it is, is, and especially for some people, you have to separate and say, okay, you need to work on your friendship and you need to work on your marriage because you can't constantly just assume that they're together. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're for sure two pieces of the same pie, but there is a, a distinction between them. Yeah. That, You know, we can't just have, like, the intimate, the sexual, the the whatever side of our relationship and call it good. Yeah. And it's not easy now only because of our history. No. But our history does make it easier. All right, point six, again, for marriage, a satisfying sex life. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, work and communication goes into this. Yep. You know, willingness to try, willingness to experiment within each other's boundaries and everything. It's communication. Yeah, 100%. It's a form of connection within the relationship. And it's very important. Exactly. Um. Point seven, a mutual compromise. (laughs) And I know there's a lot of jokes about compromise in marriage. Heck, I've used a lot of jokes in our compromise in our marriage. Like, you know, I didn't want a cat. You wanted a cat. We compromised and got a cat. But she's a very cute cat. (laughs) (laughs) But it's that mutual give and take. You know, it can be something as simple as time of day you know i want this you want this we compromise in our relationship we call it a 60 40 night or something like that where we spend a couple hours apart a couple hours together come back and enjoy whatever 
you know, a game of just time together, cuddle, like what, whatever it happens to be. And I think like, so that's important for us because in the mornings we go get up and go, 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 right? Like yeah. the girls need to get ready for the day and for school. And I need to get ready for the day because I either have kids coming early or to get school going because we've got kids later. And you need to get out the door to be able to get to work on time. Like there's a lot of moving components. So when we explain 60-40 nights, it's because our time and mm-hmm. our connection and our work that goes into our relationship Only happens, happens after 7 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, it happens after bedtime, right? But then you also need to realize that you can't always successfully put the kids to bed and then all like and then just like the rest of the world stops. Right. Right. Prime example, we have stopped this multiple times because I'm in the middle of making bread. <laughs> yes, you're going to hear weird and awkwardly timed pauses through this. It's because sourdough bread is delicious and it <laughs> takes time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. So we've called it 60-40 nights, like even podcasting, right? You know, mm-hmm. Spencer puts at least a couple nights a week into it and into prepping and writing and all that kind of things. And there's also just some nights that you want to curl up and just like, this is what I want to do. I want to read a book or I want to play video games tonight. That's allowed. So we've labeled them as 60, 40 nights as in like, I want to still spend time and connect with you, but I also have things that I need to get done tonight. So how about we don't do what we want by ourselves until midnight. Right. We just do what we need to get done or want to get done by ourselves and then meet a little bit later. Yeah. But still with enough energy to have a conversation and maybe curl up and watch a show. Right. So, again, it just it boils down to that mutual compromise. The give and take in the relationship should be an expectation. Mm-hmm. And a communicated yeah. one. Yes. In all things talk. I cannot <laughs> get through that enough. In all things talk to each other. Yep. Um. The eighth point I have here is a respect for each other's differences. I don't know about you. I would not want to be married to myself. (laughs) I think I am hilarious, but very annoying. (laughs) Guess what I do, too. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That was my outside voice. I'm sorry. I take it back. (laughs) And recorded. But... I am thrilled that you are so different from me. Yes. But it means our points of view on a lot of things clash with each other. Yes. So we have to approach those things with respect and reverence for each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a very reasonable expectation in a marriage. Yes, 100% agree. Not one I have experienced in most of my relationships in life. <laughs> well, and I think that also comes down to, you know, I think you've touched base on it, though, too, is the crossing over into the other person's world, right? Like, mm. this intrigues me, or this yeah. intrigues you, or this is a passion for that you have, or a hobby that you have. Yes, joining in each other's hobbies. Yeah, like, let me... Let me enter your world. Exactly. You know, if you I put up with Grey's Anatomy and, and Big Brother <laughs> and you put up with video games, you know, it's that give and take again. <laughs> but I think it's true instead of, you know, at least from a wife's point of view, 
you know, and you hear about it stereotypically quite often. It's just, you know, it's kind of rushed off and it's like, oh yeah, well, you know, that's what he likes. Mm-hmm. And you, you just kind of brush under the rug and there's deep down, the more you say that and the more you just brush that aside, whatever it is, right? It becomes Whether it be dismissive. Big, it becomes dismissive and they're kind of like, it starts to form a bit of resentment. Mm-hmm. Right? Versus He's just... He's always in his shop puttering with something. Yeah. Or, oh, video games again. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Right? And it shouldn't be because that's what, you know, that hobby is part of you. Yeah. And now... You love it for some reason. Let me find a reason to love it too. Or a part of it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just like you're saying, like a mutual respect and understanding about it. You know, I don't like video games. Fine. I don't have to like video games. But I shouldn't sweep it under the rug and feel like it's okay to sweep it under the rug and it's okay to build that resentment and fester that resentment because everyone else does it. Right. It puts up a wall instead of bringing us together. Exactly. I think that's very well put. It kind of goes into number nine without even thinking about it is um, a want for quality time with each other. Just like back it up the last like four things we've talked to. Yeah. <laughs> we've covered that quite well on this. That's fantastic. Communicate and spend time <laughs> with each other. <laughs> All right. We'll go ahead to the 10th and final reasonable expectation I have here. This list is not exhaustive or all inclusive, but like I said, just a way to start this conversation. Okay. A shared want for generosity. Like, to put this another way, I want to do things for you and I want to dote on you to buy things for you. I, I want that. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of conversations I've had lately is how can you serve me? This is a how can I serve you? You okay. both want to do that. Yes. Now, again, this one's got layers. This oniony, you know, it's got layers. It's <laughs> yep. like an ogre. <laughs> exactly. Parfait. <laughs> if you don't get it, watch Shrek. You're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the want to want to do things for you. Yes. Now. Um, you know, jump back a couple episodes and listen to the 31 Reasons Why episode. That's what was playing in my brain, too. The the institution of marriage is based off of the Trinitarian... Okay, getting into apologetics. Um, it's getting into the mirroring of the trinity of christ no god father son marriage is built in the same three strands it's you me god Mm -hmm. okay his perfect example is coming to earth to serve us Mm -hmm. our example of that is how can i serve you in a christ-like way yep exactly this is where my brain went with this point no, I want to serve you like Christ served me. So that goes into supporting you in any endeavor you do. 
you know, being a sounding board for you, being there for you, giving you my time, being sacrificial with my time. You know, maybe I want to play video games tonight, but I recognize you need the time more than I need me time. You know, it's that want for serving, that generous heart towards you. Yep, I agree. No, I I like how you put that. Okay. So I thought we could have a little bit of fun with the back half of this list. So 10 unrealistic and or unhealthy expectations I have experienced either in my own life or through relationships with other people. Okay. Number one. Hold on. So these are ones that you came up with that you have personally experienced. Or third party through friends and family's okay. relationships or in relationships of my own. So this is the fun, the fun part? Is this just... is the fun part is we get to pick apart these and... Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So number one, we are only good if we don't argue. <laughs> this one was actually a marker in a previous relationship of mine. Okay. It was a verbally spoken expectation that if we argue or have disagreements at all, it means we're out of sync and we're wrong. So what that means is it's my way or the highway, so shine your face. 100%. The only route for smooth sailing is you listen to me. Yep. <laughs> red flag, red flag. <laughs> Hindsight, absolutely. <laughs> um, number two, I need you to always know how and what I am feeling or thinking. So why haven't you figured this out yet? If this has been a previous expectation. <laughs> Again, this is why we work so well together. <laughs> because we both recognize that's not realistic. Half the time I don't know what I'm feeling, let alone for you to figure it out. Exactly. And actually, usually when that happens, you're pretty closer to bang on of what I'm feeling than I am. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, number three, I need you to always be at my beck and call. You need to be at my disposal 100% of the time. So unhealthy. But one I have come across in previous relationships of my own, as well as close friends of mine, as well. The, this one is so common. It is very common. I have experienced it, and I have experienced it through other yeah, through third parties and that kind of stuff. 100%. I think this is the most, well, I don't know the one rest of the your biggest list, ones but that one of the biggest I've ones. ever come across. Is We're in a relationship now. When your, I need you, you need to be Your here. time is 100% mine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I need you to not have any friends of the opposite sex at all, bar none. Now, I will add a caveat to this that is a reasonable expe expectation in this is set proper boundaries yes with the opposite sex 100 percent. i'm okay for you to have friends who are guys of course but there's ground rules no being alone with them no like that kind of stuff like being living above reproach 100. yeah absolutely but having in unless that's the boundary that has to be set because past experiences whatever rebuilding of trust formations that kind of stuff sure there might be a time and a place for it but from day one of you dating me, to saying you can't have guy friends. 
Because that's not okay. It's not okay. There's again red flag, red flag. <laughs> and <laughs> and oh, I've had I've had the opposite of that. Actually, I've had yeah both of that. You can't have opposite sex friends, but I can have opposite friends. Yeah. Um, point number five on the fun flags here. You always have to agree with me. Jumps right back up to number one. Yeah. It also jumps right back to, um, I don't want to date me. <laughs> right? <laughs> Communication uh, and disagreements are healthy. Yes. Celebrate your differences. It makes you interesting. And if you have, you know, a disagreement or an argument or whatever, make sure that you show, especially like, so, of course, in my brain, is I'm, you know, if we have a disagreement or an argument, it is not necessarily always economical. <laughs> you know, the kids will see it. Yeah. Or they will at least see part of it. So make sure that they also see that you're okay after. See that you are have apologized for having a misunderstanding. Okay, or Teach for... them how to reconcile as an adult. Exactly. Because it's going to set that example of this is okay and we're still okay after. Exactly. Yeah. Um, number six. Okay, we kind of touched on it already, but said a different way is you must spend all your free time with me um talked about it always being at each other's beck and call um it's not healthy it's not healthy number seven um i always need you to solve my problems you know that one would be handy To a point, and yeah, like, I'm there for you, no problem, always. Like, we're always on the same team, it's you and me versus the problems, absolutely. But, when you can't do anything for yourself, because I have to do it for you. Okay, as simple as, you know, I don't want to move, so I'm going to inconvenience you to go do something for me, all the way up to, I just don't want to fix myself. You have to fix you to fit me. Yeah. Now, for the record, you know, can you please get me a glass of water because I don't want to move? That doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> I use that one all the time. <laughs> but the, there's a difference between can you do a favor for me versus me demanding of you to just solve my stuff. Yes. And that's also where it comes into there is kind of a weird squiggly gray line between wanting to serve and being walked all over right it needs to go and it was mentioned multiple times on the other side of this list that it has to go both ways yes and i think that's where a lot of these came from is the double standards and one-sided things that mm -hmm. are no you do for me but i won't for you yeah i agree okay point number eight is literally <laughs> never compromising for your partner i.e you must change to fit my mold not the other way around. So, funny how We're these really things just keep this. molding into <laughs> each other. Uh, we'll go ahead to number nine here. Uh, always having sex on my whim and schedule. 
again, yes. give and take here. Yep. No, we touched a couple episodes ago when we talked about just healthy sexual expression in general is my needs, my drives, my everything are much different than yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Forcing you to conform to my wants and needs, even just frequency sake, is just, it's going to be one draining for you. You start disliking it, then resenting it, then shutting me out completely, and it's just a downhill. This, yeah. This it, is not okay. Like, they're 100%, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> And the tenth and final one on my negatives list here is believing your partner will never change. Okay. My thought process here is I expect you to stay exactly the same person as I married you in your physical appearance. Okay. I want you to stay young and slim and enter whatever here without fault or change otherwise i will stop loving you can i just say something about this Hmm. i am very thankful that you have changed and that you no longer wear the clothes that you do when we (laughs) you knew exactly where that was going i knew exactly where that was going okay it's totally fair (laughs) So I'm just saying, like, it's about, yeah, it's about the same thing. I'm thankful your style has changed. <laughs> I'm thankful that you have changed. <laughs> I don't know, that, you know, early 2000s baggy clothes, slammed hat, you know, all sorts of neon colors. I think that guy's making a comeback, I'm just saying. <sighs> There's a lot of things making the comeback. Please don't <laughs> let that be one of them. <laughs> We were talking with one of our extras today about mullets coming back into play. <laughs> you know, apparently mullets are back, and apparently there's a season for them. That's what I have been told. There's a season it for mullets. It is mullet season. So I don't know exactly I'm what that means. I'm quite out of touch with um, the teenage crowd here, but please know. <laughs> mullets weren't cool when they were cool, you know, it's just not okay. And if you have a mullet and think you look good, I'm sorry. It's In my of, opinion, you don't. It's one Mullets those. just are not okay. Unless you're like a Billy Ray Cyrus, you know, it's been like mad flow since the 60s, you know. It's just never changed. It's, it's just, know, it doesn't matter. You know, know what? And if 80s, you're, I'm aware of that. But and if you're doing it for you, you know what? Fine. Great. Fantastic. I am but all about expressing yourself, especially with hair. Mullet season? Oh, man. No. <laughs> Send me your comments. I want to hear you defend the <laughs> mullet. I really do. I want to hear your defense on it. Also, what does that mean, mullet season? I don't know. I'd Like I said, I'm out of touch. <laughs> so if anyone knows, you know, if you could just enlighten us, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, reach out to TheFiendStrazu on pretty much all social media platforms. Send me a message. I want to know what's up. You will not catch me with a mullet. Just say it. <laughs> but I want to know what's up. <laughs> yeah. But getting back to our but list getting here. back to this, you have to expect your spouse to change you in have to. all forms. This one actually came about a friend of mine. Unfortunately, he and his wife are no longer together. 
there was an expectation from him that he's now realized was ridiculous. He expected her to stay the same 120-pound, tiny little figure after having three kids, after 15 years of life experience, and they got married when they were, like, 18. Like, it just... It hasn't worked out for them, unfortunately. But he had this expectation that she would never change. He married her. He wanted her to stay how she was. That is hard. It's hard. And like I said, he's grown. He's a much better person now. He recognizes this stuff. But too little, too late. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking, but that's just... It's a real thing. People expect that. Unfortunately, it is unrealistic and it's harmful. Created a complex in this beautiful woman. She ended up becoming anorexic and bulimic and doing everything she could to try and get back to how she was for him and caused all sorts of health problems and downward spiral and depression and you name it. And That's a lot. It's a lot to put on someone. It's so much to put on someone. It's not fair. And like I said, it, it caused years of damage for this woman and for for him he he went through a spiral himself because he lost his family his wife everyone mm-hmm. like it's unfortunate if you're listening you know who you are send me a message i haven't talked to you in way too long uh, but that's my list that's 10 do's and 10 don'ts to start um someone's conversations hopefully it sparks good healthy expectation conversations in your marriage or maybe you're just starting dating talk about this stuff set expectations early like i said it's it's that baseline that you build off of i think that most of our long distance dating relationship literally was that what's your thought on this what's your thought on this what's your thought on this yeah what's your thought on this it it was what's most important to you in a relationship I need to trust. I need honesty. I need that baseline to build our foundation from. Mm-hmm. And that's where our conversation started. Yeah. Like It was literally talking this stuff out and setting us up for success. Mm-hmm. Like I said at the top of the show, <laughs> low expectations are a great way to always feel great about yourself. But you won't get anywhere on them. You can't just you know aim low and avoid avoid disappointment. It's just... right, yeah. You and I think when you aim low, you're still you slowly end up sinking yourself. Yeah, the low is not just a nice horizontal line. No, it's you're right. It's literally sinking yourself. Yeah. So before I close it off here, babe, do you have any final thoughts on this? No, that was really good. I liked your list. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, I worked really hard on it, so I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. But from us here at the Fiendster Zoo, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to check out this season's sponsor, uh, BetterHelp.ca or BetterHelp.com. Go check out the Podbelly Network, and if you want to support the zoo directly, go to BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash the Fiendster Zoo. There's a one-time donation. All of that will get sunk right back into the show, helping me upgrade the tech, the, the, the sound quality, all that fun stuff. 
So for this week, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. You've been awesome. I've been Spencer. Love you guys. God bless.